you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast, brought to you by Trio 4 Productions, the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics and almostheavenathletics.com. Here today to give you another West Virginia football offseason update. This episode is titled The Emancipation of Austin Kendall. Free Kendall was the hashtag going around on social media a few short days ago as the whole situation with West Virginia and Oklahoma transpired regarding the grad transfer quarterback Austin Kendall. And we will get into that momentarily on the podcast. But before we do, let's discuss uh, head coach Neil Brown's ever-growing assistant coaching staff. On our previous podcast, we had uh, discussed the hiring of Vic Coning to be defensive coordinator and safeties coach, and Matt Moore as offensive line coach, as both of those had been officially announced. We also uh, informed you that the hiring of Chad Scott was going to be officially announced soon, and that did happen on January 12th. He was officially announced as an offensive assistant. Um, a lot of these coaches that have been hired now are just uh, currently having the title of offensive assistant or defensive assistant, as uh, Neil Brown's going to um, announce the full staff assignments um, and what everyone's position will be um, once all the hirings are completed and official. Um, So right now you're just going to hear a lot of offensive assistant and defensive assistant. But based on uh, what they coached previously, you can kind of assume what role they may take on at West Virginia. Um, Joining uh, Chad Scott was Jordan Leslie on January 14th. He comes to West Virginia as a defensive assistant where he was formerly at Troy with Coach Brown as the defensive line coach. Um, Troy ranked in the top 20 in rushing defense and in tackles for loss nationally, as well as in the top 10 in sacks under his tutelage. He also served as the defensive coordinator at East Mississippi Community College um, from 2013 to 2015. I'm sure everyone uh, knows that from Netflix's Last Chance U series, uh, the famous uh, school from there from the show's first two seasons. And while he was there, their defense allowed only 10 points per game. The school went 32-1 and and won two national championships at the junior college level. Also on January 14th, an off- another offensive assistant was hired in Sean Regan. And uh, Regan also comes from Troy, where he was uh, Neil Brown's quarterback's coach. And I believe he may have been co-offense coordinator as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's believed that West Virginia will have co-offense coordinators, so he may end up uh, having one of those roles um, along with Chad Scott. It's been rumored that Chad Scott will get the co-offense coordinator role as well, so we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, Chad Scott probably going to coach the running backs. Sean Regan's probably going to coach the quarterbacks. And Jordan Leslie will probably coach the Mountaineer defensive line. Then also January 15th, two more additions, uh, both on the defensive side of the ball, believed to be this time. Um, Al Pogue, who was the uh, Troy cornerbacks coach, as well as recruiting coordinator. He's regarded as a very um, great recruiter. Got some really talented players down there to uh, play for Troy. Also, his DBs ranked second nationally in turnovers and seventh in the country in interceptions during his three seasons, uh, leading them there at Troy. And then a name that I'm sure Mountaineer fans are very familiar with was also hired on January 15th, and that's Jamile Adai. The uh, former Mountaineer safety 
played for West Virginia from 2002 to 2005. He was a team captain, all Big East performer, um, hard hitter. Everyone remembers him. Fan favorite. Gotta love a die. And it's great to see that um, he's coming back to West Virginia this time to serve as a, as a role on the on the coaching staff, rather. And um, um, he coached DBs at Minnesota uh, previously, but also dealt with some special teams units. So um, I, I, I'm just speculation by me on this part. I'm thinking he may be coming in more of a special teams role in Alpo coaching more of uh, the defensive backs, or they may share those duties. It's it's tough to say exactly because um, we know that um, when Vic Koning's hire was announced, he was announced as a safeties coach. So um, you may have two guys coaching the DBs, or you may see a die have more of a special teams uh, coaching role, which would be good. Um, Neil Brown has already said he wants to put a focus on special teams, and Adai has uh, done a great job of that. While at Minnesota, the punt return unit that he led ranked first in the country, and the punt return defense unit that he led was second in the country last season. So he's done a great job with special teams as well. And, um, you know, we had previously discussed that it didn't look like there would be really any holdovers from the um, previous regime, the Dana Holgerson regime here, um, staying on to this coaching staff. And uh, that appears to be the case. The only one that it looks like will be staying on is Mike Joseph, the strength coach. Um, coach Brown is bringing Raphael Horton, who was the strength coach at Troy, to be the assistant strength coach because the West Virginia's assistant strength coach left and went to Houston with Dana Holgerson. So that's um, – one of the only changes that we're looking like we're going to see right now is the only holdover will probably be Mike Joseph, the strength coach. Everything else looks like it's going to be all a whole new staff built by Neil Brown. Um, and in regards to that, that means that uh, Tony Gibson, we learned um, in the previous week or so that um, he would not be retained. Um, got a great article up about that on Almost Seven Athletics, almost7athletics.com if you want to check it out. But Tony Gibson, uh, within days of uh, learning that he would not be retained, landed at North Carolina State, where he assume, will assume the position of co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach. Um, I think that's big for Tony Gibson uh, to get another Power 5 job. That's good for him, West Virginia guy. And, um, you know, his daughter actually lives in Raleigh, so um, really good for him to be able to move close to her, I do believe. But the hiring is uh, really interesting, and I only want to talk about it just because of the simple fact that West Virginia plays NC State this coming season on September 14th in Morgantown. So Tony Gibson will come back to Morgantown, um, this time as an opponent, um, leading the coaching the safeties at NC State and um, helping lead their defense as the co-defense coordinator. So that game just got a lot more interesting on West Virginia's schedule as they will be facing off against a, a defense partly ran by Tony Gibson, rather. So um, that game against NC State, I'm sure, will have a um, lot of lot of media talking about that angle leading up to that game the week that it comes around when it um, comes on September 14th. So uh, that's just kind of what this uh, staff's sh shaking out right, like right now. Um, Still probably going to be two or three hires made. Um, when they do, we'll bring I'll bring those to you on our next podcast. Hopefully within a week or so, we'll see how it goes. But um, you know the Neil Brown staff is uh, shaping up pretty well. A lot of good recruiters on it. Um, a lot of people joining them from Troy. I mentioned the strength coach coming to be assistant strength coach. Also coming from Troy, you've got Vic Coning, the defensive coordinator. Matt Moore, the offensive line coach. Jordan Leslie, who was the defensive line coach there. Sean Regan, who was the quarterback's coach there. And Al Pogue, who was the uh, defensive back's coach there. So a lot of guys from Troy following him over. Um, West Virginia is still looking for a receivers coach. That will be announced soon probably. Um, like I said, we don't know exactly what these guys' positions will be. Um, Neil Brown's going to detail those after all the hires are complete. But uh, you can kind of uh, read the tea leaves a little bit and see where these guys are probably going to end up. Um, 
you know, the hire I mentioned is kind of interesting as a die um, coming back. I think it's good to get a West Virginia guy in that knows about the program, was there a lot and everything. But the one thing that sticks out the most to me about this staff is the fact that it is it kind of closes the book on the past, you know, decade or so of Mountaineer football. Um, you know, from the time since Don Nealon, really, there hasn't really been a true staff that didn't have any holdover from previous regi- regimes. You know, Rich Rod kept some of those guys on. And then even after Rich Rod left, Bill Stew, of course, uh, kept a lot of those uh, same coaches. And then even into Dana Holgerson's time, you know, Jeff Castile was here at the beginning, but then even after Castile left and Dana Holgerson brought in some of his own guys, you had guys like Tony Gibson coming in. And Tony Gibson was on Rich Rodriguez's staff all those years. So, um, you know, Adai, of course, was there, but he wasn't a coach. He was a player at that time. And um, so it, this really kind of just is going to be a true new era for West Virginia football, I believe. Um, no holdovers from previous regimes and probably the first time since Don Nealon that you're going to have a true new uh, changing of the guard in Morgantown and for the West Virginia football program. And, you know, in all honesty, I think that's a good thing. I think that that's something that we needed, you know, uh, to officially close the book on the Rich Rod to uh, Dana Holgerson tenure um, and, and all points in between, you know, and um, – just get a fresh start all around uh, for West Virginia football. And I, I like the way Neil Brown's building his staff. And um, I think it's coming together nicely. So we'll see where it uh, ends up and uh, where all these staff assignments, uh, what all positions they hold um, officially once that's announced. And uh, we'll bring you the new hirings once they come. Um, in the meantime, let's uh, finish up this episode by talking about the man of the hour, the man of the week, um, if you will, Austin Kendall. All right, so um, Austin Kendall, um, quarterback from Oklahoma. Um, this past season, he was in a quarterback battle, a quarterback competition with Kyler Murray. Um, they was believed to be neck and neck. You've heard from uh, numerous sources, including head coach Lincoln Riley, after the spring game up into the offseason. Of course, we all know how that ended. Kyler Murray won the job, uh, probably mainly because of his athleticism, goes on to win the Heisman. So uh, this quarterback, Austin Kendall, sat behind uh, two players, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, who have both won Heisman trophies. And, um, you know, he he's a redshirt sophomore, so he's been there three years, and he's graduated from Oklahoma. So he uh, has the ability to transfer out as a graduate transfer. And um, the NCAA cannot block grad transfers destinations, or excuse me, by NCAA rule, the school um, that the the players graduated from cannot block the destination after they've already graduated and are a graduate transfer. So um, here, let's delve into this Austin Kendall situation. Um, January 16th, earlier, early in that day, news broke that Austin Kendall um, was, you know, looking to be a grad transfer, but Oklahoma came out and said, they would block his immediate eligibility if he chose to go to West Virginia. And um, the reason behind that is believed to be because he's on, they're on in the same conference, going to play each other, and they don't want West Virginia to have an inside edge on Oklahoma, uh, their schemes, uh, hand signals, you know, anything like that really. But, um, you know, like I said, by NCAA rule, they can't block his destination. So they were trying to use a loophole and not block his destination, but block his immediate eligibility. And um, by having by doing so, they were hoping that that would steer him away from West Virginia and he could go somewhere else, you know, anywhere else where he could play two years rather than if they block his immediate eligibility, he would only got to play one season in Morgantown. And, um, you know, they received 
a ton of backlash, not not only from, you know, the West Virginia fan base, but from national media people, um, you know, just anyone that heard about this situation, you know, ESPN, um, CBS Sports, all, all the national media sports outlets was really, you know, just lashing out at Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley for trying to block um, Austin Kendall's immediate immediate eligibility, rather. And, you know, I, I agree with that. It's it's one thing to block a transfer's destination when he's just transferring, you know, for whatever reason. But when he's a grad transfer, which is what Austin Kendall was, he's already fulfilled his obligation to your university. He went to school there to graduate. He graduated, has a degree, and wants to go somewhere where he can play play right away. So, I mean, if he's fulfilled his obligation to your school, I don't see there's any way that you can block what he wants to do. He did what he set out to do at your university. And, it, and you know, it was just a weird situation all around that Oklahoma would even try and block his, um, try and block his eligibility. So, anyway, the day goes by. They're receiving this uh, backlash. Later that evening, um, they finally uh, come to their senses, rather. I don't know if the athletic director spoke to Lincoln Riley. They finally agreed. They were, you know, tired of the picture that it was painting in the media, you know, of them just kind of being butthurt of him wanting to go to West Virginia. But they said, okay, we won't block his media eligibility if he chooses to go to West Virginia, which is the right decision, the decision that should have happened all along. You know, like I said, that's just ridiculous that they were trying to block his immediate eligibility just to deter him from going to West Virginia. It's, it's crazy. And to add on to the situation even more, you know, one of the main reasons he wanted to transfer was because Oklahoma was taking their own grad transfer and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts from Alabama is going to be at Oklahoma next season immediately eligible for his final final year of play. So how in the same day can you accept a graduate transfer of your own and then try and block a guy that's leaving your school to do the exact same thing and be a graduate transfer. It's just hip, hypocrite, hip, <laughs> excuse me, hypocrisy at its finest. You know, you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I guess is, you know, and maybe, maybe Lincoln Riley's thinking that, you know, like I said, we're going to have inside edge, or maybe he's just trying to play it safe. You know, if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out or if he gets injured, he could have Kendall right there. But you know, in Austin Kendall's eyes, he said, "I sat behind Baker Mayfield." I thought I was going to get the job. I was in a competition with Murray, didn't get the job, so he thought it was going to be his time now. And then now you bring in Hurts, and you know he doesn't want to sit behind somebody else again. And then I only have one year left to play, so he's graduated. He wants to go be a grad transfer, go somewhere, media eligibility, play two years. So that's what he decided to do. Oklahoma finally wised up, and um, on the evening of the 16th, um, it had been previously uh, reported that he would take an official visit to West Virginia on the next day, on January 17th, but. After the news broke that he would be um, allowed by Oklahoma to go to West Virginia and they wouldn't block his immediate eligibility, it was announced that he would not only be visiting West Virginia the next day, but he was coming there to enroll and uh, begin classes. So that was officially announced by the university on Friday, January 18th. So, uh, you know, it's it's big for West Virginia to land a grad transfer. They needed to... Um, to get a quarterback in this class, whether it be through high school or, or through transfer or whatever, and to get one that's immediately eligible is big, especially one that's, you know, coming early and now can participate in spring practice for the Mountaineers. Um, can't say enough about what that does. I wouldn't be surprised, though. Don't be surprised if West Virginia still takes another quarterback or goes after another quarterback out of high school because Kendall gives them three scholarship quarterbacks. I'm sure they'd like to have at least one more. So um, by you know signing day here in a couple weeks, you may see West Virginia add another quarterback out of high school. Um, we'll see how that goes. But as far as Austin Kendall, um, what do we know about him? 
Well, Austin Kendall is a six foot two, two hundred and twenty pound. Um, will be a redshirt junior when the season rolls around. So he's he's been in college for a few years. He's originally from North Carolina, and he was a four star quarterback recruit in the class of two thousand sixteen. Interesting, interestingly enough, he and Jack Allison were both ranked in the top ten pro style quarterbacks in that class nationally. So West Virginia will have two top ten quarterbacks nationally from the recruiting class of 2016 as well as a top 20 quarterback from the recruiting class of 2017 in Trey Lowe battling out for the uh, starting job for 2019. Um, it's going to be open competition. Neil Brown's already stated, you know, it's open competition all the way around. So now you have three four-star quarterbacks competing to be the, the starting quarterback at West Virginia. You know, a lot of people um, – we're hard on Jack Allison following his performance in the Camping World Bowl, which you know I can see it definitely didn't um, didn't make you uh, excited about um, about him. But you also got to think that he only played you know ten snaps prior to that game, didn't get a lot of reps. West Virginia didn't use the full allotment of practices before the bowl game, so I mean it's kind of hard to judge a guy on just one game. And you know who knows what Neil Brown's going to do to coach him up or whatever. So. You know, I, I don't I don't want to say there's a favorite or anything, but I think that um, having watched some film on Austin Kendall, um, high school highlights, a um, few highlights from the few plays he's played at Oklahoma, I do like um, the way he looks on film. He's got a good arm, uh, good pocket presence, and he's uh, more athletic than uh, I think people realize. He can run a little bit, which is the one knock on Jack Allison is that he's not uh, – not mobile, so you know he he has a strong arm. He's a Jack Allison's a good sized guy, six five or six six, so that's good. And then you have the one wild card in uh, Trey Lowe, who will be a freshman. Um, you know, not many people know too much about Trey Lowe. You know, he played in the bowl game, but when he did, he lined up a receiver most of the time, and then other than that, just had uh, you know run on a quarterback draw. So we know he can run. We know he's a dual sport athlete. Also plays baseball. So nobody's really seen Trey Lowe throw the ball. Um, you know, in 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 a live game setting. So it's kind of hard to uh, judge him as well. You know, any any three of these quarterbacks, it's kind of hard to judge because they all have limited playing time. You know, Austin Kendall got in in some mop up duty at Oklahoma. Other than that, you don't really have much highlights on him since high school. Jack Allison also played some mop up duty, and then of course the one bowl game, which he had limited prep time for, and then next to nothing with Trey Lowe. So I think that um. The spring's going to be very interesting this season, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, a spring game again. You know, West Virginia has kind of been lacking in the spring as far as spring games are concerned, but I think Neil Brown's definitely going to bring that back. And I think I'm, I, I speak for all the fans when I say it's going to be exciting to see uh, this quarterback competition, how it shakes out, and then, you know, the spring, I'm sure people are more excited for the spring than they've been in quite some time just to see all these position battles, not just at quarterback, but especially now at quarterback since you bring in another guy into the mix who was another big-time recruit in Austin Kendall. So, um, you know, open competition coming in the spring. Spring games going to be very interesting to see how this looks. Um, I don't want to make a prediction on who's going to start right now, but, you know, in, in my eyes, you know, just purely speculation, I think Austin Kendall is, is probably the favorite, um, you know, in my opinion. It's, like I said, purely speculation, but – from what I've seen, I like a lot of uh, Austin Kendall. I think he would fit well in uh, Coach Neil Brown's offense, and I think Coach Neil Brown went out and got him uh, for a reason. I think he likes what he sees as well, but he also um, is going to work with Jack Allison and work with Trey Lowe and see what happens. You know, um, Kendall and, and Allison are both going to be juniors, so even if Trey Lowe doesn't win the competition, 
um, either one of the between Allison and Kendall, either one that wins will have two seasons, and then that will still leave Trey Lowe with two seasons. So he could still be your starter eventually, a couple years down the road. So um, you know, hopefully none of these none of these guys transfer out of the program. Got three good ones right now. Hopefully can add another one, uh, and you know, get four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. But at least you feel a lot more comfortable with three and and three talented ones at that. So. Free Kendall was the hashtag going around on social media. He was freed. It was the emancipation of Austin Kendall, who is now a West Virginia University quarterback. And no excitement just continues to build for the Neil Brown era of West Virginia football. He's building this staff. He's got him a grad transfer quarterback in. And, um, you know, still chasing uh, some big recruits for the uh, signing day. You know, Darnell Wright still hasn't announced where he's going to go. Five-star lineman out of Huntington, one of the highest-rated recruits ever to come out of the state of West Virginia. West Virginia's pushing hard for him. He had an official visit this past week, so um, hopefully that went well. Um, some other players were on campus, you know, ones that are already signed and then some others that they're still trying to target. So, um, you know, West Virginia, I think, has six or seven spots left to fill out in this recruiting class come National Signing Day, and uh, we'll see where it shakes out. But, I'm, you know, I think I'm not the only one that's super excited, you know, uh, Excitement was not there really following the bowl game. You know, a lot of people were thinking it was going to be a terrible year next year. Then, you know, here we are a few weeks later, and um, the excitement's really, really high already, and it's only going to build um, throughout the offseason, especially once you see spring and um, all that, and, you know, once the staff fills out as well. So that's the um, newest offseason update from us here at the Country Roads webcast. Be sure and follow us on Twitter at WVU Country Roads. Um, follow Almost Heaven Athletics um, Facebook page. Also on Twitter at AH Athletics WV. Um, a lot of great content there. Check out almostheavenathletics.com. Um, great articles following the recruiting announcement uh, articles about all these hirings when the announcements come. So um, be sure and follow along there as well. Um, we'll, try, we'll bring you more updates throughout the offseason. Try and do this uh, about once a week if possible. So uh, bear with us, you know, as the staff builds. We'll announce that as uh, these recruits come in. We'll also announce that. So, um you know, really exciting time to be a West Virginia football fan right now as a new era is about to begin. Um, grad transfer Austin Austin Kendall coming in. Neil Brown's building this staff. So uh, great time to be a Mountaineer fan, and I'm sure everyone else is just as excited as I am for this uh, 2019 season of West Virginia football. So having said that, that will pretty much wrap us up here on the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions, the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics and almostheavenathletics.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, wherever you like to take in um, your podcast, you can find us. And we hope that um, you continue to listen to us as we continue to try and grow and um, you know grow this up from the grassroots level. And really appreciate everyone that tunes in every episode. You know, it, it means a lot to us here at the Country Roads webcast. And I guess that's pretty much it until uh, next week. Um, bring you another off-season update of West Virginia football and all the off-season news. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz. And until next time, let's go Mountaineers. Are you ready to party? Let's go.